Welcome to Two Humans Talking, the podcast where we talk about the challenges of staying healthy in today's modern fast-paced world. I'm Tiffany Sims, your burnout recovery expert and your holistic wellness coach. And today I am privileged to be sitting here with Elaine. Elaine, will you please share with the people who you are, where you live in this world, and kind of live a little bit about you? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Elaine, and I live in Houston, Texas, although I'm originally from Colorado, and I will never claim Texas as my home home. (laughs) So um, I am a health coach, but I was uh, first an educator, and my experience, you know, my journey that led me to health coaching really comes from my experience as a teacher in the public school system for five years, Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. I love that. One of the things I love a lot about your story when I was getting to know you was that your dad got diagnosed with stage four, um, melanomic, what is it called? Stage four metastatic melanoma. Thank you. Lots Mm -hmm. of M's in there. I know. (laughs) And you were sharing how that changed your life like how you saw the world. And so I want to ask you, what does now at this stage in the game, after experiencing all of that, what does healthy mean to you? Yeah. For me, health is about like mind, body, and spirit. So for a long time growing up, it was just like how my body looked and it was about losing weight, about what I ate and how I, how much I exercised And, um, really like my dad got getting sick made me realize, oh, health is so much more. And what we do now at our age is setting the foundation for how we're going to live when we're 60, 70, 80, 90. And after my dad got sick, I started to see it more and more in older people and my other family members and friends of my parents, how their lives were, like opened up or limited by the health that they were experiencing. And I really want to live well and I want to be able to go out and do things and I want to have a community and friends that I can do stuff with. And so um, it's it's all of it. And it's about the the physical, it's about the mental, it's about the community, like the social, um, the spiritual, where you find purpose and fulfillment, and all all of that together is what I see as now like supporting my health. So your health is you being a looking at yourself as a whole person, mm-hmm. not just fragments. Yeah, exactly. I also came. And I think it was just the way that we were raised and it was the way the world was set up at the time. It was like you had your health, you had your job or you had your family, but you could never be thriving in all of them at the same time. Uh And so like, well, when the kids are older, then I'll worry about my health. And it's like, like you're saying like that time is too late. Uh It's almost too late to do it. Not that you can't help at that time, but if you're waiting until you get diagnosed with something that your body really needed you to be in prime condition to fight. Like you're setting yourself up to stumble and really have a hard time. Yeah. So I love that you shared that being healthy now is treating yourself as a whole person rather than if I ate really well and worked out, then I'm good. And if I didn't, that's the only thing that meant healthy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's like the experience of so many people. And then they come to coaching and we talk about this like holistic vision of health and they're like, oh, I'm actually doing a lot better than I thought I was because Mm -hmm. they're judging themselves based on their nutrition and their exercise. And so it really is like a much bigger vision. And when you can see that and embrace that, then it's, it's, better for you mentally. And, you know, that's what well-being is. It's just your perception of how you're doing. And so if you can boost your well-being just by having this like better perception of your health, then you're already better off. Yeah. And it doesn't mean lying to yourself or like shooting sunshine and rainbows where they don't belong, but like being able to like truly evaluate that and know where you stand so you can know where to focus improvements. Exactly. And little new little habits, I think, mm-hmm. is gold. Yeah. Now, you were saying that when we treat people holistically, I just had like this really random thought, which is, have you, do you notice or have you experienced that when you talk about like holistic wellness, that most people don't think of it as us just looking at them as a whole person, but they think it's like this crunchy Eastern yes. medicine, like voodoo. Yeah. It's like, that's what I thought when you said that. I was just like, holistic doesn't mean like crunchy voodoo it just yeah. <laughs> yourself as a whole being I love this exactly no that's that's so true people are like oh it's like woo woo you know holistic what are we gonna do like, no. or like you have that one friend in a friend group who's the first one to go explore and they tell their friends like yeah I'm going to this holistic medicine practitioner and they think they're like going to see some voodoo witch doctor and it's like yeah. no no she's just gonna make sure that she doesn't blame everything on the fact that I'm overweight Mm -hmm. or everything on my stress or actually address the fact that the reason I'm stressed is because I'm out of balance in all of these other areas and I need to find my way back to some harmony before Mm -hmm. I like go off a deep end Mm -hmm. and it's so funny to see that transition now that I'm on the other side of it because I think I was guilty of being like yeah like Well, I kind of grew up with those kinds of doctors. So I'm from Colorado. My mom is, I wouldn't say she's like a hippie, but you know, she looked into naturopaths and we would take like tinctures and stuff when we were younger. Um, And so I like have seen the, not necessarily extreme side, but I have seen those, those kinds of practitioners. And um, I think that that definitely is like, what people think of when they think of holistic health. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be that it can be normal, but still just looking at the whole person. Like so excited to see the world come to this like happy middle ground where we combine like old school Eastern medicine with Mm -hmm. the modern Western medicine to actually bring like complete wellness to someone because there's so many great things about modern medicine. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's so many great things about the way things were always done that modern medicine was derived from. And I think we've lost a lot of that. But anyway, yeah. I got on topic. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, no, I think that is so powerful. And that's something that when like another misconception that when people think of holistic or you're going to go to this like holistic doctor that you're completely rejecting Western medicine. And it's not that it's like, how can we help them work together to fully like heal and support us? Yes, 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 yes. Like, how can I allow the the modern world of medicine to help me not be the band aid mm-hmm. to all these symptoms, but allow that to like 
be like the men the mend the the bridge between while i'm working through and we actually figure out what the real cause is that's causing me all these symptoms we spend so much time treating symptoms and not the actual problem that no one ever gets better Mm -hmm. exactly and then you end up in your 70s and 80s and your body doesn't know how to help you anymore and now you're like i don't know what to do Mm -hmm. you mentioned you were a teacher i imagine that was really stressful yeah yeah i like totally burned myself out (laughs) what does that what does that look like for you So I, um, so now this is why I do what I do because I am very purpose driven. And so all my life I've like set an intention, I've set a goal and then I just go for it. And so, um, when I decided that I wanted to become a teacher, it was because I wanted to help change the education system and make sure that all students had access to an equitable education. And I worked in low income schools. I was a bilingual teacher. And I taught for five years. My first year, I worked 14-hour days, literally for seven months. I would go into the school building at 6 a.m. I would leave at 8 p.m. I would go home and just like fall into bed. Um, I would work on the weekends. And I thought that's what I had to do to like make the impact that I wanted to. And um didn't really realize, you know, some people are like, oh, I quickly realized that this wasn't going to work. I didn't. (laughs) I like repeated it year after year and just kept, and I kind of like felt special being the martyr, being like, oh yeah, I'm working myself to the bone and working all the time. And, and I, you are totally going to ruffle some feathers and I love it because there's so (laughs) many other people that just now heard you say like I almost enjoyed being the martyr and they're gonna have that like moment where it's like palm to forehead and be like oh my god that's exactly what's happening to me right now yeah but it's like what and I I didn't get it until probably year four like what am I getting out of that just the satisfaction of like no one cares you know no one really is looking at you you're you're the only one who is being impacted by this. And so, um, yeah, it took me a long time to realize like, that's not the identity that I want to hold is like being this person who's just sacrificing everything of myself for this job where they, they don't care. So I have a question. Yeah. An unpopular question. Yeah. Do you think that looking back in hindsight, were you allowing the like, overdrive version of you to go into hyperspeed to avoid other things that were happening in your life? Hmm. I don't think so. I didn't have um, really like a lot of other, any, any other ish going on. And so I don't think I was hiding from anything. It was really just this desire to, like make an impact, but also to be, I'm very achievement oriented and I like recognition. I like that external validation. And so I was like looking for that validation and I really wasn't, wasn't getting it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So good. The reason I was asking, cause I know a lot of times, those of us who experience burnout deep down inside, it's like, oh, I have to work. 
because mm-hmm. one, you want to you want to be a high achiever, you want to perform, you don't want to be looked like you're slacking off or like an underperformer. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's so easy to be like, I have to work because you don't want to be uncomfortable in the relationships that you're working on, avoiding or not going after, or mm-hmm. like there's other things. So you like just dive into work. Um, so I was just curious, but yeah. I totally relate with the like wanting to be seen. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. I used to think there was when I first started healing myself from my own burnout. I yeah. thought there was something wrong with me that I needed this external validation. But I think we're societal creatures. We need to know like if we're contributing in a meaningful way or if yeah. we're going to get left behind. Like that's a survival mechanism. There's nothing wrong with external validation. Yeah. But knowing what the end goal is and if you're actually moving in that direction or just spinning your wheels I think is really important Mm -hmm. yeah and like doing it in a sustainable way Mm -hmm. is so important and I think so for me like what I'm really passionate about now is helping purpose-driven people recognize like yes you have this purpose and you want to give and you want to I love what you said contribute in a meaningful way And at the same time, like we have this human self where we're here to have this experience of life. And it's not just like one sided of doing a career and making this impact, but it's like having relationships and having your health to be able to travel and to explore and to learn and, and do fun stuff and whatever lights you up. And so like finding that harmony between the purpose and the work and everything else that life is and has to offer. I love that you use the word harmony. That is yeah. my favorite word. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's such an accurate word to describe it, which is like things are going to ebb and flow. There's going to be times yep. where you're going to be more family centric, more career centric, a little bit more dialed in with like physical health stuff or digestive health stuff, mm-hmm. but like they're going to ebb and flow in this like beautiful dance in this beautiful harmony where at all times in that dance, you feel like a whole person and you're mm-hmm. not like depleted and worn out and you don't have that like heart attack palpitation feeling of an elephant mm-hmm. sitting on your chest. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about finding that, that harmony. And I, I love what you say, like, there's never going to be perfect balance. And when we say balance, we imagine like, this is it ever all the time. It's my work and my family and my relationships and whatever, but really it is about like, sometimes, yeah, you're going to work more and there's going to be more to do, but then sometimes you're going to work less and you're going to prioritize yourself. And it's all about having an awareness of just where you're putting your energy and attention and time and making sure that you're getting to do it all. Yeah. It almost comes back to relearning the skills of like being intuitive and listening to your body, which we're so Mm -hmm. often like taught to tune out. Like when things get hard, it's like, oh, it's just hard. You're uncomfortable. Like that's true. There are times that it's just uncomfortable because it's hard and new, but there's Mm -hmm. other times where your body is literally screaming at you, sending you all these signals because it's really smart trying to get your attention. And you keep thinking it's you and that 
like this is a you thing you're just not cut up for this like all this stuff and it's like no your body was really the whole time trying to let you know something was like out of whack and you weren't paying attention and now here you are sitting in the doctor's office feel, telling her you feel like you just had a heart attack mm -hmm. and it's like so how do you go back to learning what those feelings in your body actually mean yeah i don't know are you a feelings in the bodies person do you recognize those things or Some, what is your version? What's your version of knowing? I mean, for me, it's really, it is hard. It's hard to reconnect to that intuition. And I think just recently, really, I've been diving into meditation and like just being okay with silence and quiet so stillness. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> it is so uncomfortable. And at the same time, I think that's the best way that you can hear like and notice what is happening and what you need. And so um, for me, it's definitely feelings in the body, but it's also recognizing like my thoughts and what I'm the stories I'm telling myself, what I'm making up and and it's all, you know, it's all up here and it's all made up really what i'm making i'm writing that down yeah what i'm making up there is no truer statement yeah. like so often we fill in the gaps of context and make up stories that have never actually existed mm -hmm. based off of our experiences our perception of an event yeah and it, oh my god yeah and that's like I, so I had this experience. I'm in grad school right now. I'm studying integrative health, which is like the study of combining the, the modern. Yeah. Yeah. But the modern like biomedical system with the traditional holistic alternative healing. And I'm taking a mindfulness and meditation course. So I'm like required to meditate every day, but it has been profound. And there was one day where I was meditating and it was like awareness of thoughts. And so I was sitting there and just like, listening to a guide, but then paying attention to my thoughts. And I just had this realization, like it is all in our head. It is all in our head. Everything that we experience, everything that we perceive, like it's all made up. And so we can really choose how we want to experience life. And like, yeah, there's emotions and there are real things that happen, but it is all how we choose to react and so the more that we can like be aware of what we're thinking and be aware when those crazy thoughts come up um like yeah they're going to come up and we're not going to stop them but when you can catch it earlier instead of letting it just spiral out of control to be aware and to to acknowledge like oh i'm having this reaction and what would I choose to think instead so that I can have a better experience? Elaine, you just unlocked a new level for me. Um, yeah. You just, you basically, what I internalized was how I process an event, an interaction defines my experience. Mm -hmm. How I process it defines my experience, which is why so many times, so many people can sit through the same thing and walk away with a completely different story. And it's like, no, I was there. That's not what happened. That yeah. was not the vibe in the room. That was not what they said. That was not the underlying message. And it's because how we process that mm -hmm. the experience. 
Yeah. And it's all based on our own experience, like our past experiences and everything that has built up our brain and our body to be the way it is. And so like, I think in this work, it's really easy to then think like, well, I'm wrong and I am bad for having these thoughts and reacting this way. And it's not, it's like who you are and what you've been conditioned to think and do and feel. And there's something better. There's a different way that you can also experience life, but you have to choose it and you have to be intentional and do the work to build that awareness. Absolutely. Oh, I'm still processing what you just like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's not necessarily new information. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. And I told my friends, my clients, you know, like I say that, but I don't know that I've ever really processed it mm-hmm. in that, that way. Or as this version of me sitting here this day that we are recording this, because that's also real. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is the first day. Every day is the first day of you being this version of you, because something happened to you yesterday. You may never have experienced at this age with this wisdom, with this, like, and that's a whole mind thing sometimes too, where you're like, whoa. Yeah. Now you had mentioned that back in the day, things were nutrition workout that equals healthy Mm -hmm. were you eating differently back then with that version of healthy than maybe you eat now with this more treating yourself as a whole person and wanting to create an experience in the energy and the clarity for your 70s 80s and 90s like do you eat differently now yeah I think so now that it's become like less about weight when I was younger and you know from the time I was 14 started dieting and then I would lose the weight and then I would gain the weight and then lose the weight and gain the weight and do a lot of like calorie restriction and counting and I don't do that anymore I've like lost the will to do it so that's part of the reason but also I just is not how I want to experience life like food is meant to be meant to nourish. It's like fuel for our bodies, but there's also so much more to food that like brings people together. And it is to be enjoyed. Like that's the reason that we have all this beautiful and delicious food. And so, um, I have, I, over the summer for my master's program, I took a course on mindful eating. So I've been using those practices just to be more in tune with my body about like what I want And, um, I just try to focus on eating a lot more like whole foods and vegetables and meat. And I don't, I am gluten-free and so I have an allergy. So that's like the only restriction I have in my diet, but I don't tell myself no. And is it a restriction if your body literally can't process it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's just, yeah, I just don't, and it's not, and it doesn't feel like a restriction because I have lived with it for years. And so it just is, is a normal part of how I eat now. I had that conversation with someone the other day. I was like, if you were allergic to penicillin, no one would call it a restrict, like you were restricting yourself from penicillin. Like you're literally, your body cannot handle it and it's not good for you. So like. I wish that when we, 
I wish we talked about food more that way. And I think mm -hmm. that goes back to the intuitive part of eating, which is listening to your bot, learning to listen to your body and what it's saying. Like mm -hmm. I didn't know for 20 some years that I had an intolerance to certain tomato products mm -hmm. until I dated a guy and I was like, Hey, you want pizza for dinner tonight? And he was like, why do you keep doing this to yourself? And I thought he was being rude about like me being like fat and being you know, on a diet or something. And I was like, excuse me. And he was like, every time we have spaghetti or pizza, you complain your stomach hurts. And I was like, no, I don't. And he was like, yes, you do. And I was like, you're just being rude. And like, But he planted the seed, right? And then next thing I knew, I'm like going to get a sandwich for like order a sub. And I always would load up on all the vegetables, right? To make it more filling while I was counting calories. And I skipped tomatoes. I noticed I started skipping tomatoes. And I was like, I wonder if he's onto something here. Mm -hmm. hmm. And then the next time we, I had pizza, I realized that within five, 10 minutes, I felt like I was nine months pregnant. My stomach was distended. Everything hurt. I was in fact miserable. And I was just like, my whole life, I didn't know. And pizza and spaghetti were my favorite foods. Yeah. I had no idea because I just thought, I didn't know I had a bellyache because that was normal to me mm -hmm. until someone pointed it out and I started paying attention. Then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, turned out that I've had a dairy intolerance my whole life, which my mom ha couldn't put, she had to put me on special formula because I couldn't handle regular milk but yet my whole life we had yogurt and milk like yeah <laughs> but as an adult now like I get excited about like a yo play yogurt or something and I eat one it was tasty but then the rest of them rot in the fridge because my body's like that didn't feel good but anyway that was a really long story but it's just like we were not we're not trained it's like that's normal this is what we eat this is part of whatever and it's like learning to understand your body's uniqueness mm -hmm. and that not everything is healthy for one person that's healthy for another, I think is just, I wish as a society, we were more accepting of those things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You just said so many things. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think um, that recognition that like, we are all different. And so when, um, when society says like, oh, do this diet or do that diet and it doesn't work for you, it's not because you're a failure because you can't get it together because your body just like won't um, react to it in the way that you want to. But it may just be that like you don't, your body doesn't thrive eating that way and it needs other nutrients or things that are better for it. But just recognizing we are all bio-individual as they say. And so we really have to like tune into our bodies and we've become so accustomed to this like baseline of not feeling well. And so many people just think like, yeah, I guess this is just how I'm meant to live, but it's really not like you can feel good. You can, you know, not have the bloating and not have the aches and the pains and the whatever other symptoms you're experiencing. And like, we can all feel good. No one is meant to not feel good. Um, but we have to do the work and get comfortable, maybe making some changes to, to let our bodies feel good. And I love that you said that because I think mo a lot of people who don't, a lot of people don't know they feel miserable because they've never experienced anything else. So they don't know something's off. 
And then you have that one friend in your group who starts to do things a little differently and they start to feel alive. And now all of a sudden you're annoyed by them because Mm -hmm. they're like trying to like change who you are. Right. And they're like this new person. It's like, and you're like, you're sitting there and you're like, I'm really good. Like there's nothing wrong with me, but they have this new understanding that maybe you haven't experienced yet where they didn't know they felt like crap and now they feel alive and now they eat something or do something that made them feel crappy again. And they're like, Oh no, we're not doing that again. Uh And so like this whole, that evolution, it's why those of us who experience something new get so vocal about it because a lot of times we didn't know we were silently suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I love that you're out there sharing that message with people mm-hmm. because I think too many people are silently suffering, thinking this is the only way that there is. And you are out there going, oh, no, no, no. Like you can thrive in your career and not burn yourself out. You mm-hmm. can have a really good relationship with food without counting calories. Like, you can set yourself up so that when you're 70 and you get poor health nude, your body is ready to like live this life and fight it in the best way it knows how. Mm-hmm. I love that. So powerful. And it's like, there's a lot of flexibility in it too, because I think a lot of people, and I know I experienced this when I started the mindful eating course, um, I felt a lot of resistance. I was like, ah, oh, but I don't want to, like, I feel like I'm going to have to give something up. I'm going to lose something in adopting this new way of eating and approaching food. And, um, I think people are afraid like, oh, I'm going to have to give up my favorite foods, but there's like a lot of flexibility. And even though I'm like gluten, I have this gluten allergy, um, every once in a while I'll eat something with gluten and then I feel bad. And like, it's fine, but it just reminds me. And so we just remember that the process is cyclical and like the destination is the journey because we're going to be doing this for the rest of our lives. And so we don't have to do it perfectly and just like cut everything out. And then that's it. It's, it'll ebb and flow throughout our lives. The same as the, that harmony. And we just, we just go with it as, as the things come. Oh, Elaine, so many golden nuggets. I have a whole page of notes <laughs> from you sharing with us today. Um, how do people connect with you? Yeah, so I am on Instagram. You can follow me at ESP Wellness. And in my um, link in bio, you can find a free training that I have with a little freebie uh, about how to like finally make your health habits stick, because that is the hardest thing. Like we all know what to do. It's just about actually doing it. And so um, you can find that there. And then I also have a weekly newsletter I send out with lots of fun little stories and tidbits. um, And the link to join is there also. I love that people you gotta go follow her she is so full of energy so full of life go snag that training so that you can start getting those habits those mini habits as a part of your daily routine sooner than later the sooner you start practicing the sooner you become an expert at it and elaine do you have any final thoughts maybe something that you wanted to share or a life motto you want to leave us with today Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff. And I I think I said it, like the destination is the journey. So if you're wanting to lose weight, 
Like really what you want is this life in a body that you feel confident and comfortable in where you're eating nourishing food, you're moving your body, you're able to do all the activities that you want to do, get up and down off the floor and, and just keeping that as the vision instead of that one number, because that's just a moment in time and our lives are so long and we have, so there's so much more to it. And so keeping, keeping the journey in mind as like where you want to get. Oh, so good. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. And with that, everyone, two humans talking. See you next time. Bye.